of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As PJ mentioned, I've had a COVID exposure. Uh, not a close contact, but I want to play it safe, as even though I am currently COVID negative and feeling fine, you can still communicate the virus a few days before symptoms or positive tests. So I get to share the word with you today via video, like we've done many times in the, in the past. And I am worshiping with you from home, though. So in a real sense, I'm there with you today, just like so many are there virtually. The beautiful poinsettias have arrived. The Christmas tree is well adorned. Choirs are rehearsed. Services are prepared. And we are ready to change the blue to white on Christmas Eve. It is indeed the last Sunday in Advent. Here we are in the midst of a never-ending, it would seem, ongoing pandemic and all the other normal brokenness and struggle that envelops us each day and then the increased stress of the holiday times. Here we are waiting for a word of love and hope. We've been working with John the Baptist the last couple of weeks, preparing, waiting, wondering. Today, John is already at work in the womb, pointing and proclaiming Jesus. But we move now and look at Mary, one of the greatest Christians ever. Great not, interestingly, because of her humility or her piety, but because of her faith. Mary wants us to marvel not at her, but at the grace of God. Now, earlier in the Gospel of Luke, after the visitation of the angel, Gabriel told her all that would happen. Mary utters one of the greatest statements of faith that we see in all of Scripture. She says, let it be with me according to your word. Let it be with me according to your word. That should be the church's goal, to move people to join Mary in her trust in God's word what the word says about you and us, and not what the rest of the world says. And that's certainly my goal today. And that word that we wanna trust in comes to us through Mary's beautiful and strong voice today. How about we just walk through her amazing song and let it bring the good news. So she starts out by saying, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices 
in God my Savior. Now notice who and what Mary magnifies. God. And God's saving work. It isn't about magnifying Mary, but in celebrating that Mary magnifies and worships the Savior now in her womb. For he has looked with favor, she says, on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. Oh, this verse is all of ours. If we know ourselves are right, we all in our lowliness have received God's favor in Jesus. That's why we're here. In baptism, God made a decision about each and every one of us and gives us God's name and promise. God is almighty. And despite what circumstances might say, God is God above all else. And that one who created everything has looked in favor upon you. And then she goes on to say, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich. Now this is a wonder, isn't it? What is up with all these reversals? This first line here. His mercy is for those who fear him, I think is the key. These verses are actually God's mercy at work. How so? Well, when we are proud in the sense of being arrogant and haughty, we need to be scattered in our thoughts. The powerful on their thrones fall prey to forgetting God and supplanting God, so they need to be brought down. And the lowly, those who feel they are of no account, well, they've got to be lifted up and the hungry filled so that they can receive mercy. They know that mercy is for them. You see, sometimes people either don't think they need mercy, i.e. the successful and strong and capable, or they don't think they are worthy of it, i.e. the lowly. Yes, the rich are sent away so their wealth will not give them a false sense of hope. They are sent away so that they can return needing God's mercy. You see, the leveling here is needed for God to be merciful, for God to be God. Now, some people who often view all of life through this lens of power differentials see in this word of Mary, that Jesus is all about social upheaval, but wouldn't that upheaval still need to take place once the new folks are in power and the old get dethroned? Won't that have to happen when the new folks get corrupted just like the old folks? No, I think this word from Mary is something that every leader should take to heart and be humble and know that their office and their position that they are, should never be puffed up and always know what it is to serve. But I think what this is about is this leveling is about setting us all in a place where we 
can receive God's mercy in Christ Jesus. Um, the arrogant, the powerful, the lowly, hungry, and rich all stand together humbled that this baby would grow up and go to the cross to take away our sin at the cost of his own life. I mean, when someone loves you so much, they give up their life for you. I don't care whether you're rich or poor, powerful, weak, you are humbled. Now just think as we celebrate today, the fourth candle, the love candle, that it is the word, the second person of the Godhead through whom all things came into being, that that word would become truly human and lay down his life for you. God's mercy now flows in, doesn't it? Now that we've been leveled, he has to bring down to raise up. And then we hear about celebrating uh, his servant Israel and the promise that God made to the ancestors through Abraham and his descendants. That's what Mary celebrates. There it is, according to the promise God has made. You see, God is a promise giver and a keeper. Mary sings and we sing because we get that God is not sleeping. God does not tire of God watching over us. God is finishing the story of Abraham and Sarah. And God is taking us into that story. That is what Mary rejoices in. That she in her lowly estate has been brought into the story. I tried to think about some stories about the lowly being lifted up and the rich being brought low. Um, but I think really it's just a matter of trying to take in that in this huge world with all the billions of people that God considers each and every one of us and God knows each and every one of us. As we expect and look forward to Christmas on this fourth Sunday of Advent and we celebrate Mary's song, I want you today to know in whatever reality you're in, and I know that folks are listening who have got really scary illness going on, who are battling cancer. I know that there are people who are alone and isolated. I know some people um, have lost jobs, and I know some of our teenagers are struggling with um, what their peers think of them and their position in the world. I could go on and on, but here's the promise, that God in Christ has come and is coming, and this Christmas you can count on the promise that God has taken you into the great story, that you matter and that you count. Well, SLC, God bless you, and may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.